In this episode, we dive into some awesome Amazon pricing strategies that you can implement today to drive sales and make more money. Hey, hey, everybody, what is going on? Welcome to episode number 132 of the Private Labeler Show. Thanks for tuning in. As always, I saved you guys a seat. You are all amazing, and I'm super grateful that you're all here today. I am amped up about today's episode, guys. It is awesome, I promise you. Uh, we're gonna be talking about pricing strategies, different techniques that you can do and implement today, like right after the podcast, that will have a big impact on your product sales and your business and profit, okay? So to do that, I'm gonna be joined by my friend, Paulina Mason. She's an Amazon seller, and she's really into the psychology of sales and just making small tweaks that have a big impact on your product sales and your business and your profits. We're gonna dive all into that stuff. There's gonna be so many nuggets, I promise you. And stay to the very end of this podcast, okay? Stay to the very end. She's got an announcement to make, something she wants to basically give you guys an offer that you can't refuse. It's super cool. So stay to the very end. You will not be disappointed, I promise you that, okay? So before we jump into the fun, into the madness of this conversation, I want us to quickly kind of recap Prime Day. So we made it through another one. Super awesome. I love Amazon. I love the opportunities they provide for us. Prime Day was a success uh, for me personally. I know for a lot of you guys. And my uh, Monday sales, so like the, the big main day, I was up over 4X. And then yesterday I was up over 3X. And leading up to Prime Day, uh, sales were just ramping up dramatically. So all in all, a massive success. Lots of units moved out, tons of product, uh, profit made. I hope the, the same was for you guys as well. Seems to be the case. These Prime Days just get bigger and bigger, and I can't wait for the next one. And uh, the, the biggest thing that I've seen that was super cool, and I hope Amazon does it again next year, is those blue Prime discount badges. Any of the products that I ran with those absolutely murdered it. Like they did super well, and I was super happy with the overall performance of those in comparison to really anything else I was trying or doing. So please, Amazon, bring those back. Um, also, too, I, I sent out an email yesterday, if you guys are on my email list, or if you're in uh, the Facebook group, sent out an email and a communication for this. Jungle Scout, every prime day or prime week, they have these ridiculously crazy prime or uh, Jungle Scout offers that they put out there. And uh, they did it again this year. So I sent it out. If you haven't seen it, go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash prime. Okay, so if you're in the market for the Jungle Scout tools or whatever, like now is the time to buy that stuff when they do these Prime Week deals. They're absolutely insane. And I sent out the communications to you guys yesterday. And I know a ton of you guys signed up and took advantage and, and grabbed Jungle Scout for the different offers and promotions that they were running. They were just bananas. Okay, so check it out again, privatelabelershow.com forward slash Prime. And uh, if you're driving, don't remember, you know, can't remember that or whatever, just look in the Facebook group or in the email that I sent out to you guys, okay? So let's get to this conversation with Paulina Mason. So uh, at the end of our conversation, I'm gonna do a quick recap as I always do when I have a guest on. So I'm gonna highlight some key points, some things that I took away and you can compare, uh, compare that to what uh, maybe you took away. And as always, if you guys want the show notes, recapping the conversation and the topics and the key points and outlines and all that stuff, you can get the show notes at privatelabelershow.com forward slash 132. So without further ado, let's get the conversation with Paulina Mason. 
Hey everybody, I would like you to welcome Miss Paulina Mason to the show. Welcome, Paulina. Hi, Nick. Very happy to be here. Very happy to have you here. How are you doing today, Paulina? How's your day going? How's your prime day slash week? How did that all go for you? Prime day was quite awesome. It's actually double the sales. I, um, because I, I run an app where I see other sellers' sales, I have seen much bigger jumps than mine on the other seller accounts. So Prime Day has been good for everyone, and our servers were <laughs> really surviving that day. So it was a good test for, for all of us, and sales were rolling in. It was a good day. It's exciting. Yeah, it's great for me as well. Um, for everybody that doesn't know who you are, Paulina, you just kind of give us the the 411 on who you are, what you're all about. I know you're an Amazon seller actively, but uh, what else is it about you that you want to let the audience know? So, yes, I am a, an Amazon seller for three years. But when I was an Amazon seller I, and the software developer by background, I developed a software for myself to use, and which eventually became a commercial product, which is now a big and successful software application. It's called Shopkeeper. So I eventually phased myself out of the day-to-day -day handling of my Amazon business. And at the moment, I am still an active Amazon seller in 11 marketplaces, but my focus is 95% on the shopkeeper business as a software founder so because of that of the two aspects that i keep an eye on so i do see the numbers of other sellers i see what's working they're asking me to help with optimizing their profit things like that so i have a lot of good sense about the numbers and the profits and um, a good sense of what works and how to make your uh, business with better cash flow better profitability things like that so i really love numbers and that's who i am a numbers girl and here today, I'm planning to talk a little bit about the numbers and the pricing. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we're going to get into it. This is going to be fun. So um, I'll just kind of dive right into it, actually. So you've, you've seen, uh, you've worked with a lot of sellers, and you kind of see what's going on in your seller yourself. Um, what are some like common pricing mistakes that you do see sellers making? I know we'll get into the specifics. We'll dive into certain different topics. But from like a 30,000-foot view, like what are some common pricing mistakes that sellers are making that we should kind of get out there and talk about? You know, the first one that comes to mind is how we all decide our pricing. You know, we sit down and we think, okay, so I personally would never spend more than $30 on a knife sharpener that I am selling. All right, so I'm never going to charge more than $30 because who would pay $40 on this item, right? So right. we are a little bit doing that each time and we are setting based on our financial limitations. So I would say that's the biggest mistake that the sellers do is is based their pricing on their own financial limitations box. So it, it's not really about how much money you earn. It's not about the income, but what type of spender you are. You could be a little bit of a Scrooge, but very rich, right? You could be a big spender and not really have a lot of income. So it's either you are a Scrooge or a big spender. You know, those things are going to define how you are setting your own prices. So I, my recommendation is to always try to climb out of that box of your own and try to see from the outside perspective and you may ask what is that outside perspective like how do i do that what do how do i know what's the what's possible you know how much can i climb well simply look at your competitors prices probably the first page results for your main keyword and judge your pricing strategy set your pricing strategy based on those prices that you see other competitors using of course 
don't just believe one snapshot. If you're looking at it today, it doesn't mean that the prices of competitors were always at that, right? You have to use some tools, for example, maybe a Jungle Scout, which shows you historical price um, fluctuations in that item. So you should base all your decisions on the historical averages for each competitor's price. And then once you see the overall situation in the market, then you know where you could position yourself based on that. You know, if there's a lot of uh, ones which are targeting the Scrooges, you know, like 11.95 for knife sharpeners, well, then be the one who is targeting the big spenders, you know, and, and things like that. So try to base your strategy based on the situation around you. And that's the biggest mistake, not thinking about these things. Yeah. And I think uh, we're so, as sellers, we're so focused in on doing a million different things. And, you know, we're told, hey, our image has got to be great and our copy's got to be great and product's got to be great. We go, oh, we got to get reviews. We got to launch. We got all these things. And I just know from my perspective, like when I first started selling, you kind of just you kind of guessed like what prices to kind of go with. It's like, yeah, you look at the competitors a little bit and you're like, you know, everybody's between 15 and 20. Well, I'll do 17 or whatever it might be. And uh, I, I think that as time evolved, I, I realized I'm like, you need to kind of have an actual strategy depending upon the market. And you mentioned, you know, the historical pricing of the competition, but having a strategy. So like when I first launch a product compared to like what it ends up at, those might be two different prices. But so, so what you're basically just saying is just like, we just need to really think this through on like our product and our positioning, what the market is currently being offered, and then kind of compare that to what our product does and, and see if we can position maybe a luxury item or, you know, kind of what we're all going for there, right? Exactly. You know, it's very important to do that strategizing a little bit because, you know, if you don't know where you're going, if you don't have a goal, you don't have a plan, then you become part of someone else's plan, right? So all the other sellers that are strategizing and thinking about it. So you, you are just counting on some luck factor that you will guess that price correctly and you will sell well so it's not really a very strong business strategy to to just let it go like this so i i recommend thinking through all the options possibilities and strategies that exist for for pricing you know just kind of to keep going on this real quick um what i see happening a lot i don't know if you see this as well but there are obviously a lot of suppliers and factories selling on Amazon now, and typically their price strategy is just to go with the cheapest price. You know, they're just undercutting. They just drop everything. And then it becomes that, as we know, that quote unquote race to the bottom, right? So everybody's right. kind of reacting to that and dropping their prices hardcore just because those suppliers or factories are kind of pushing everybody in that direction. And therefore, we kind of we look at that and we start to go, well, everybody else is dropping the price. Therefore, I got to do that, too, to kind of stay in tune and make sure that we're not missing out on sales. And I'm just seeing that a lot where we we almost judge what these factories or pliers are, are, are doing for our pricing and kind of go from there. And I'm just kind of thinking, you know, that's maybe not the best strategy and we could position ourselves potentially as more of a value brand or value item and or more of a luxury and we don't necessarily have to play the game that everybody else is playing exactly you know those scrooges that i mentioned so there's a research been done how many scrooge type of buyers there exist so 
about 24% of us are the Scrooges. So those who care about the price a lot and they will go for the lowest price item and they will search outside of Amazon, just anywhere online, just to get the cheapest, lowest price item. But there are other types of spenders, right? There is the 15% big spenders. And for them, when they are looking at those cheap quality product, cheap products, they assume that it's a cheap quality as well. So very often the lowest price is associated with the lowest quality. It's just a psychological effect that it has. And that doesn't fit every type of buyer, you know. So whichever buyer you personally are, again, try to put yourself outside of that box and just think that there are different types of buyers who are, you know, on different ranges of that. Um, so just lowering your price will really just put you in the fighting box for the Scrooges. But there is also another box. The average spender, 61% of us are average spenders. So we are not really looking at the cheapest deals. We are looking at good quality items, something that fits us. We are not so driven by the price, but we would not overpay for it. But it's no conflict inside of us. We just buy whatever we think is value. So it really, you could be in whichever box you choose, you know, and you don't have to be in the lowest quality, lowest price box, which is actually the margins are so low in that box. And I probably wouldn't recommend playing in there unless you know what you're doing. Right, right. And you know what? I want to talk about coupons and move on to that. Um, right. I've been a big fan of coupons personally since Amazon introduced those a while back. And I've seen a lot of great success and results from those. And surprisingly, I don't see that many of my competitors using them for one reason or another. I don't know. Maybe it just doesn't make sense for them, but they definitely work for me. But uh, what, what are your thoughts on coupons and how can sellers use them to stand out and drive sales? You know, Nick, I'm also surprised that not so many sellers are using it. Well, it's only recently that it was enabled. So it used to be only U.S. and Canada that had the coupon option at all in Seller Central. But recently, well, recently, about eight months ago or even nine months ago, they started having them as well in U.K., France and Germany and Japan as well. So um, in those marketplaces, completely almost no one uses it. <laughs> because it's, it's, and, you know, it's such a huge factor to have a coupon on they used to be the orange flag color and orange was sort of blending in with all the branding of Amazon on top there's orangey things and all around orangey things and that orange coupon was standing out but not as much but recently like a few months ago they switched it to a green color flag right so there's this green shining and it's just like such a good contrast with the oranges everywhere and you get much much higher CTR just by having that coupon in there so you know higher CTR means higher traffic and higher traffic equals higher conversions on Amazon. So every click counts, especially when you are in high um, high volume markets where you really need to think about each, each click and it really helps if you enable it. I think many sellers are noticing that there is the coupon redemption fee of 60 cents and they are thinking that, you know, why should I waste? Is it even worth that 60 cents? You know, and in my experience, from out of three buyers, only one of the buyers actually apply the coupon. The reason is because Amazon doesn't make it so simple to apply the coupon. You have to be a little bit technically knowledgeable, I guess, uh, to apply the little checkbox that they have there, apply the coupon. Many people do click on your listing because of that green flag, but once they are uh, almost checking out, they don't know to click apply the coupon before they check out and they check out for the regular price anyway. So you attract them 
you know, you attract three buyers for the 60 cents and only one will redeem. So basically it's only 20 cents per each attracted buyer, you know, so it's not that much of a difference. And it's, I highly recommend doing it and just enabling it will right away differ you from the competitors on the page. Yeah, I agree. I did, um, some time ago I did uh, some research on that and some data and I found that yeah, a lot of people weren't actually even applying, you know, the, the coupon, which kind of shocked me. But again, it's for one reason or another, they didn't. Um, but I do agree that, yeah, it absolutely makes your product stand out. And I think sellers got to understand that shopping behaviors of customers, they're scanning, scanning and scanning pages on Amazon through on their phone or on their desktop. And uh, what stands out is those coupon banner things. And the, you're automatically going to attract those eyeballs to those listings okay you obviously need a great main image initially we all know that but you're just going to increase the focus and attention on your product and i can assure you that probably yeah most people's competition aren't using the coupons but the other thing i wanted to dive into and we'll get into some strategy here um you know you, you have the option when you set the coupons as far as do you want to do a dollar off or do you want to do a percentage off um, i personally use the dollar offs and i keep things simple and clean and easy because i'm thinking math and like what what's easy for their customer to calculate in their mind and i do see a lot of my competition using percentages sometimes you know five percent off you know 15 percent off whatever it might be but what's your opinion what, what do you think is better dollar off or percentage off well um there are many different strategies on that and one of the popular ones is if your dollar amount the price of your item is less than a hundred dollars then they say you should use percentage off for one or another reason but in reality we are all selling different you know it doesn't really work that way you know sometimes you have to in my opinion from so many experimentations with Adam this is a thing that I experimented so much in the end my recommendation is to go with the feeling what feels as a better deal now it might be funny you know what feeling this is not reliable you know I can't feel that but look now everyone who's listening let's make a test do you have a feeling or not I'll give you two options and you choose which one has a better deal effect like which one you feel is a better deal okay price is $25 and I would give you 25 at with $10 off or $25 price and 40% off. So Nick, which one is a better deal for you? Well, that 40% off of 25 just made me have to do a lot of math real quick in my head. And that, that for me created a little bit of confusion. So with the first option, I, I know what the dollar amount is right away. See, but you are listening as an audio, but when you see as a visual, the 40, the 40% 40 off is much bigger number than the 10. Right. So right. when you have side by side options, 25 is the regular price. So just look at either giving $10 off or 40% off because the 40 is a bigger number. It has this effect of, oh, 40% is a huge amount off, you know, so you don't even have to do the math here. You just basically people don't even do the math in the millisecond that they look at your listing. They just judge it very, very quickly with the part of the brain that they don't even have to think about it. It's the automatic one which just judging numbers by the size. And in this case, it's just 40 is a bigger number. So 40% off is a better deal. Let's do one more. I have another one. So let's say if price is 450, but price is a little bit irrelevant. Just think about the discount. So you'll either give 22% off or $100 off. Now, which one is a better deal? Well, I like the $100 off. Right. It's again, a bigger number. So very often it's a good idea to look 
which one feels like a better, stronger deal, like a bigger number comparing to the other one. But sometimes I would make an exception if the best seller in your category has a certain specific combination. Let's say he's doing $25 price and 5% off. In that case, I would exactly match him. I would also make $25 price and 5% off. Now, why would I do that? It's because when, when I'm a buyer and I see identical prices, all I'm thinking about which one I like better. Now, completely other things turn on in in my brain I started thinking is this one nicer is this one whatever I stopped thinking about the price at all because I completely matched the, the bestseller's price so it's sometimes a good idea if you're like a second um, second result or a third result very very close to your uh, listing that other, you know bestseller which is going to be considered a lot it's a nice idea to ignore the psychology and just match what he is doing as well also, I would avoid the complicated. You mentioned very nicely that you said makes me do the math and that hurts, you know, it hurts a little bit to think about it. So sometimes I've seen sellers put like $21.79 is the price and then $15 off. So, okay, so now to figure out how much I'm getting, 10% off is $2, okay, and 5 more percent, one more dollar. Ah, oh, you know, it's very, very, right, very, right. very complex. Yeah, don't make, so, me, don't make me do too much <laughs> thinking here. I just want to buy something, right? Exactly. So simplify, simplify, simplify. The, it has to be quickly comprehensible amount of a discount. Okay. Now, there is one other thing that I will mention about that. Um, look, I'll give you two options again. $21 is the price and it's either $3 off or $4 off. So 21 with $3 off and 21 with $4 off. Which one you will choose um. in terms of complexity of comprehension well the the 21 and the three go together because of seven exactly yeah, because because my brain crunches that in the four you are very good but most people would say four because four is a bigger number right but in fact it's much easier to comprehend when it, it's a multiple of each other you know three is a multiple in 21 so it, it divides very nicely and since we were kids we were taught multiplication table we know it so well that our brain just like automatically scans it and knows it that 21 minus 3 is 18 you don't even need to think about it now 21 minus 4 on the other hand one on the side 3 my oh, 17 see this extra step i have to do uh, to calculate right. very quickly and I will not do that calculation. So uh, try to use the multiples when you are using the coupon amounts as well. So these are all the little tricks that you can do. Okay, so let's, 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 uh, let's go on to some other things and sort of related. Let's talk about like price endings then. So we're talking about, um, you know, if I'm selling a product for $9.99 or let's say $9.98 or $9.92 or $9 even, whatever it is. Um, I, I used to work... Um, I used to work in brick and mortar retail a long time ago. So I would see a lot of the different pricing strategies when it came to the endings and how that uh, would affect buying behaviors. And there's a lot of psychology around that. And I think that most Amazon sellers or just most sellers in general, they're, you know, if they're one of selling a product for, uh, you know, around 10 bucks, let's do 9.99. Cause that seems like the popular route to go. But there are a lot of other options there those price endings that will kind of have psychological effects on the potential customer in swinging their opinion of the product or whether or not they add to cart. So what could you kind of tell us about what, how should we be pricing those products with the endings? 
So you know, the, it's a very, very nice question. I, I like this question. Well, point 99 at the end, we see everywhere, right? Everywhere. And now why people even do that? Like, how did it start? Well, the answer is very basic and simple because 29.99 seems like a smaller number than 30, which is, <laughs> it is a smaller number. But you are just reading 29.99 comparing to 30 equal. You read 20 something, 30 something. You only one cent difference makes you it's like especially effective at those edges you know when it's from 29 to 30 that's very effective to put 99 when it's from 24 to 25 at those edges like at the fives and at the zero levels now what but that's very obvious and basic right but what happens psychologically in the end in the end we are seeing 99 99 99 everywhere and we are starting to we started to believe that that's some sort of a good bargain good deal you know something cheaper than and again like i mentioned before when you have something good bargain is very often associated with the lower quality item so therefore if you want to position your product as a luxury item if you are playing for those big spenders you know and you have a knife sharpener that is 45.99 i would rather use 45 around dollars on that so just to have a little bit of unusual round effect and you feel like oh 45 equal that must like the brain just realizes something a little bit different right? right it's not the usual deal it must be not a deal if it's not a deal then must be something very good you know <laughs> so it's like uh, uh that very nice luxury association happens but again one more thing happened when and what i'm doing right now in my prices everywhere because of that conditioning, 99, 99, 99 is a good deal. What happened was that every time you see a nine, you are more likely to consider that price. So, for example, if I have two prices, if you are currently, Nick, you sell something at $34, I would come in and recommend you to raise it to 39 And you'd be surprised if you will be selling it and it will sell better at 39 than 34 Well, why? Because nine is that charm number you know 99 uh, there are more charm numbers and i totally would avoid the four the two and the six actually charm numbers are five seven and nine and that's most commonly used in those endings you know 95 and then there's internet marketers everywhere are using sevens at the ends they don't even know why they're using it they just copy from each other yeah. but it's like 67 or something seven well seven is actually one of these charm numbers so if you don't want to raise that much from 34 to 39 raise it to 37 and it will sell good better as well just because there's this association again with um, so much conditioning in all the retail stores like walmart is using a lot this 95 95 some other stores are using 97 97 so all these numbers became used to the eye as as good deals so that's the uh, the yeah. strategy with that. It's interesting, yeah. How many internet marketers are charging nine ninety seven for their magical course that'll make you a millionaire <laughs> by tomorrow? You know, so it's like yeah, uh, exactly. yeah, that's the internet marketers go to right there, absolutely. And you know, through my own split testing um, that I that I did a long time ago, uh, I was using Splitly for this, but I found for my products that the magic ending for mine was ninety five for a lot of my products. So just kind of mm, throwing that out there. And I've shared that a long time ago on the podcast, if you guys remember. But, um, you know, I like those five sevens or nines as well. And I just feel like, you know, again, a lot of people already have that 99 cent. A way to kind of visually stand out is just to tweak it, you know, either to go to 97, 95. And what you're saying is try to avoid the even numbers, right? So is that what you basically said? Right. Yes. And try to avoid the weird 
endings, you know, like 0.71 or, or something like that, that is unusual. It sort of hurts the brain a little bit to, to, to consume that number when you're looking at it. And I would avoid all these non-standard um, things. They don't have any psychological effect because most people are just reading the, the, the beginning, you know, 29 something, 29 something, 29 something. It doesn't matter what sense you put in the end. It's just, you know, that a little bit of a push when you have charm numbers. But other than that, there's no, just gives less, you will have less click through just because you will make their brain hurt a little bit when you put 27.17, you know, <laughs> right. so... Right. So I, we, we talked about this a little bit already, but I want to talk about a little bit more on, on positioning products, kind of like comparing like um, between just the, the value to, to the cheap ones to the luxury. So how do you actually position your product as, let's say, luxury? And you, you mentioned, you know, charging, let's say uh, that, what, what was it, like $40 or something like that or like an even number. But what else can sellers do besides necessarily the pricing to kind of position themselves as that luxury option that stands out? Because, if, again, if everybody's driving to the bottom with this, you know, the, the, the cheapest possible prices and kind of really just going down, like how could you stand out and charge more, make more money, make more margin? Maybe you don't have as many customers because, you know, maybe there's fewer customers that are looking for the 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 luxury version but you're kind of playing on your own level then so could we talk a little bit more about that like how do you what other things can you do to position yourself as the luxury item right so like i said in the beginning it's very important to already know before you even start your whole process of producing the item and manufacturing the item that you know your pricing strategy already so that's very important to decide early on now you're saying you already decided that you will be uh, targeting those big spenders the the 15 percent people right so then take the same item that you research that is gonna sell let's say a knife sharpener which i like to use in this example right so knife sharpener could be 11.99 you know in those scrooges area and could be 45 round dollars for those luxury buyers now just the price is not good enough that's why i'm saying the process starts at the manufacturing level so use exact same item but you could tell your manufacturer okay so let's add this velvet bag here try to make it as luxury as possible right luxurize the item maybe throw in some little coin that will have the clover leaf on it and then write you know best wishes from my brand you know and that will be like a little lucky coin that you add with the item or uh, just uh, change switch the regular metal to stainless steel you know to upgrade something else so because the big spenders the buyers in that category they don't really care about the price at all all they care about is about the benefit of the item even though they spend some they sometimes spend a lot of time thinking about whether they should buy they don't even consider the price basically they are just thinking about the benefits they're imagining them using the item they are thinking will it be useful will they be proud of it show up or, or, or something like that so you have to just improve the item itself when you are manufacturing it first of all and then be very careful when you are playing the game it doesn't necessarily mean of course we all like to sell to big spenders you know we it's so easy easy sell if you have a nice looking item some interesting gadget big spender is gonna go for it and you can charge as much as you like but it's it's not really always the most profitable way to make money on amazon because there is only 15 percent of them if you would look at the numbers and you have the same, let's say, 40% margin, in the end, 
being in the big spender category will make you less money than being in the average spender category. So if you would be, um, it will all depend, like I said, on your competitors. If there are so many players in in that middle area, right, not too cheap, not too expensive, just so many competitors all playing in that, then you, yes, you want to be the luxury item for the big spenders. You know, the one unique item, a little bit different than all the rest of them. But, you know, uh, very often it's much more uh, profitable to be in the middle for the average spender. So that's where not the cheapest quality comes in, but, you know, that nice middle where the person is not conflicted. That's the biggest profit margin there because there is 61% of those buyers. So you have a biggest bulk, the biggest volume happens there. That means that you will sell less items of that luxury unit right that you're going to order so you have to keep that in mind because it will be a special order something manufacturer is not used to so they may ask you for a bigger order because they have to order materials for it and so on so you have to consider all of these things when you are um, deciding which bucket to play in and um, like i said it's important to always think about the price strategy beforehand before you go to the chinese manufacturers yeah that's really important so just evaluating markets i actually um i had a product that I launched many, many years ago, and I shared this story some maybe six, eight months ago on the podcast, but I um, had I was kind of one of the first sellers of this particular type of product many years ago. Did really, really well with the product for a long time, and then uh, just got completely flooded out over time, and uh, you know everybody was just kind of the race to the bottom, if you will. So what I did was I kind of came back and uh, upgraded the product, made it more of a luxury and had had a, a feature and benefit that nobody else had and then came back at it kind of relaunched it so to speak and charged a decent amount more than everybody else because nobody had the feature the benefit that i had and um it's the product since then has just done extremely well you know after all that just because of separating the, myself and positioning myself as the luxury item and charging let's say a lot more because while everybody's just running to the bottom you know, I thought, well, let's go the opposite way with it and see what happens. And it was a big payoff. So again, maybe you're not selling, you know, hundreds of these units a day or anything like that, but it's enough to make money and it's enough to kind of not have to worry about, you know, driving to the bottom because that's where everybody else is playing all the time. Exactly. So um, I want to move on to um, talking quickly about bundling products and how we can use that to drive sales and play a little bit of price games with that. So I don't talk a lot about bundling. Would you mind just kind of uh, sharing what bundling is for people that aren't fully aware and like how they can do that to um, drive some sales? Sure. So the bundling concept is very simple. Simply you attach two items together, you pack them together and put one layer so it's a separate uh, variation, very often a variation, sometimes a separate ASIN of its own. So it's an item of its own, two units or three units together. And why do people even do that, right? You could just sell three singles. Very often you will notice they even charge less when they bundle two together. And you may think, why should I bundle three just to like, you know, get less money overall. But actually, if you are selling FBA, so meaning that Amazon is delivering your items and you are paying the FBA fees, actually, when you are bundling the items, big savings start happening at two and three items. Like, for example, referral fees, the 15% standard referral fee, 
it basically doubles when you add, add another unit. So a pack of one is $1.50, pack of two will be about $3, a little bit less, but about that. And pack of three, $4.50. So it basically doubles up every time with referral fees. But FBA fee doesn't grow that fast. So FBA fee would be, let's say, $3 for a single item, and then it's only a $4 for two, and only $4.50 for three. Right. So that's where the huge savings come in if you bundle more than one unit and you will think, oh, cool, I'm going to bundle all my units now. <laughs> but no, don't do that because you might just be stuck with a lot of storage fees and, you know, they are not going to sell. Maybe people don't even buy more than one unit of that product. So what I recommend usually to, um, to sellers that start with just one and sell for about a year or so have enough data that you can then look at your uh, business reports on Amazon Seller Central and check how many orders, how many units per order do they usually buy. And if you see that at least two, everyone is buying at least two, then that item is the best item for bundling. So just even today, go open your business reports and check which items are potential good bundling options. And then having those bundles, I recommend creating them as a variation rather than new ASIN because because once you run out of stock on the single one, you will still have a listing active with a bundle, you know, and they will help each other with the ratings and so on. So support each other like that. And um, in reality, you will make so much more profit per unit if you sell a pack of three, then you would sell three single units just because of that FBA fee accumulation. So it, bundling overall is, is a great idea if it, if it fits your product. Okay. Yeah, that's really great information there. So just uh, you know, just to kind of piggyback what you said there, don't go run out there and start bundling everything. Make sure you have the data to support <laughs> it. Look at those business reports. See what are what customers are buying and how many, and kind of make your decisions based off of that. Because yeah, you just don't want to bundle everything and anything. That uh, that could be a problem. Um, you know, another thing that I, I I kind of heard you talk about. I want I want you to kind of share with the audience here. Um, I'm going to talk about let's say like non-prime members. So if you're a non-prime member, I don't know how many are there are out there it seems like everybody's on prime these days but when when you're shopping on amazon as a non-prime member or many sites you have like a a, a threshold for free shipping right i i think is it is it still 25 dollars? it is still okay. 25 dollars. so if i were yeah. a non-prime member and i'm on amazon I, everything in my head is based off of that 25 dollar floor right like everything <laughs> right. so i'm thinking i'm looking at the prices of items and trying to calculate in my head real quick like okay do i have to pay for shipping and things like that so could you kind of share with the audience like if you're in in kind of in that on that radar of uh of that free shipping platform of 25 dollars and your product price is maybe you know 22 23 dollars or whatever how should they price their products to take advantage of those non-prime member sales to take advantage of free shipping so as you said in the united states there are so many amazon buyers there are prime members um but i was i was selling a product for 21 dollar rounded right uh, 21 dollar and i i just calculated how much would a non-prime member pay you know for shipping to amazon and in fact they were paying 547 for shipping it became like 2650 for the item i was thinking hmm so let me change it to 2599 you know it's gonna be just above the free shipping threshold i will make extra five dollars in profit which is huge that's almost double in profit than i was making on that item and actually the buy 
buyer because there's $25.99, it's a zero for shipping. That means they are paying less than they would pay. <laughs> with the, so in reality, it's very, very useful for you to raise your prices to be just over the threshold. So if you look at all your existing products right now, and if you have anything lingering under that threshold of 25 or in other marketplaces, those are different numbers. Uh, so let's say 29 euros in France and so on. So if it's just below a little bit by a couple dollars or euros, raise the price to be above the free shipping threshold. And you may ask, okay, what about all these prime customers? Will they like start not buying my item because I increased the price suddenly? Well, usually one or two dollars doesn't make that much of a decision difference, right? Especially if you use the right numbers, like I said, charm numbers, and you are well positioned with the competitors and you can allow yourself to do that, I would highly recommend switching the prices up just to be above the free shipping thresholds. You know what will happen when you do that? Um, there's this very popular feature on Amazon that most buyers are using, you know, little tick box, free shipping on the sidebar. So once they click that checkbox, all the results get filtered. And then suddenly you would not be there right now with your current price, right? $24 or so. So you want to be in those results to get extra traffic, extra additional eyes on your listing. So um, highly recommended <laughs> strategy to just go and up the prices to be above the thresholds. That's fantastic. Yeah. I never even really thought about that from like a seller's perspective in, in what you just kind of described there. But from my buyer's perspective, again, if, you know, I am a Prime member, but if I go on other uh, retail websites, you always kind of see that like, Hey, get free shipping if you hit this threshold. And I'm always kind of like, damn it. Like the one product I'm buying doesn't meet that. So now I got to go buy other stuff, which is kind of what they want, but it kind of drives me nuts, you know? Cause I'm like, All oh, right. I need four more dollars. What could I buy for four bucks? You know, some, it's going to be something stupid that I don't need, you know, but I have to yeah, add it because yeah. I need the free shipping because I'm not paying for shipping, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's this also add-on item, you know, there's a, like the, the worst slap of Amazon you can get when they made your item to be add-on. There's this add-on tag for those who don't know that you cannot buy add-on item on its own. Usually it's low priced, less than a $10 item. You have to buy something else with it, you yeah. know, in order to even buy it. So it completely kills your conversions. So to avoid the add-on um, item slap, you have to always try to be above the $10, you know, and especially if your item is very heavy, something that costs a lot to ship. That's when they put that add-on item tag on you and you, you want to avoid that as well. Yeah, it's the kiss of death. It's like, if you get that, I, I had that on, I have a product that is kind of hovering around that $10 mark. And I remember a while back, I, I noticed it, I, I got that slap and I'm like, oh, I was freaking out, you know, and all that it took <laughs> is just raising the price up a little bit. And then quickly it kind of took care of itself or whatever. But I see, I see listings here and there, my competitors and their add-on sales. I'm like, what are you doing? Like you're, yeah. you're just killing it. You're like, you're just, you're, you know, you're just asking not to sell that product. So yeah, just raise the price a little bit. I think $10 is kind of that, that, that hover mark maybe, you know, so if you're right around there, um, just play with that a little it, bit just to get it it's out. It's likely, there. you know, it's likely that those competitors weren't even noticing. Sometimes when people have a lot of SKUs, they don't really look at Amazon on their listings anymore. And it's a good idea to keep an eye on those things, like have a VA go through your listings and just keep an eye. You know, maybe you lost the buy box on some item and you will say, wait, how am I going to lose my buy box if, if I'm like the private label seller and the only in the buy box? Actually, you can lose your buy, your own buy box if you're the only seller. Yep. You know what happens? It switches from buy now and the price displayed 
to see all buying options mm-hmm. on price hidden, you know, suddenly. So you can so you should get a VA uh, check maybe once a month or, or something like that. Check if all your items still have a buy box, you know, and also if you have any add-on slaps on there as well. So that's really useful. If you have many SKUs, you might never even notice, you know, and just. Yeah, I'd <laughs> say check every day because based on my experience, weird things happen to listings. And it's like, if you let a whole day go by without any, you know, you'll notice no sales or whatever, but. Check right. as often as you can. Weird things happen to the listing. So, um, you know, I want to move on real quick to business pricing. So you can play some some good strategies here with setting business pricing. And I bet you a lot of sellers aren't even aware that they can enroll in the, the business uh, program. I think it is, as far as I know, it's still free to enroll into it. But uh, could you maybe just kind of talk about like the business pricing and the strategies that you can do with that for um, to drive sales, obviously. And, and there's there's some fun things you can do there. So just the one thing that you are going to enable the service that will drive you more traffic. Well, there's a service that I discovered accidentally, but you should do on purpose. (laughs) So if you go to your services on Seller Central, it's in account settings, user settings, and it will be called Amazon Business Service. You have to actually enroll to be to take part of it. I, I think some accounts are automatically enrolled if you qualify, um, but not always. So go and check if you are actually part of that. And when you become part of that, you will see a little extra field appear everywhere on your like manage inventory page, for example, which will allow you to put in quantity discounts. Let's say if you buy 10 units as a business buyer, you know, there's the discount for you. Uh, so and, and I noticed it's about maybe 5% of all my sales are actually business buyers and Amazon shows you on Seller Central how uh, how many business buyers you have so it's really nice uh, nice little boost up you know again to appear in those searches for business buyers when they are looking for quantity discounts and uh, when they are logged in with their business Amazon account Amazon actually switches up the ranking algorithm for those that have the that are enrolled in the business program so again you're just getting okay it's not such a big percentage but every click counts right when you are in you know you want to make the most money possible so i highly recommend enabling the service and setting up those quantity discounts there for your benefit yeah it's just free more extra clicks and extra sales I, i i suppose it all depends upon what you're selling you know you have more of like a business type of focus uh, product more of an office products that's going to be different like some of my products have nothing to do with like what a, a, a typical business customer would want but I still generate sales through business sales and things like that so it's just might as well do it uh, but yeah you have to kind of go in and turn it on and if you don't already have access to that in your seller central so uh, Paulina this is awesome stuff um, I just wanted to kind of dive into one last thing here. Uh, You run a site called shopkeeper.com. And I was kind of taking a look at it just before and it looks really darn awesome. Obviously it's all about numbers and financials, which you said (laughs) you're all about, which is is great. So tell me about shopkeeper.com and why is it cool and um, why should Amazon sellers look into it? That's right, it's all about numbers. And did you know as a seller that there are 72 different types of fees and charges that Amazon has and is charging you? So that includes all kinds of things that are happening in transaction level that you are not even attached to those order by orders. So when you are looking at the order breakdown in Seller Central, many things are not even associated there in that view. So things like coupon redemption fee will come completely separately, lightning fee, 
earlier uh, reviewer uh, fee and all of these different things and charges that happen. There are 72 of them. So you need about, I don't know, I think it's about 11 different reports that you have to pull in Excel, put your, you know, all of this together and calculate and make pivot tables, all the, the very painful things. So you totally don't want to do it manually. And that's exactly the pain point that I had when I was a seller. I wanted to know exactly how much I'm making in profit. It wasn't most of the other apps were just looking at the shipping, manufacturing and the base Amazon fees, which is referral and FBA fee, but nothing else after that. But there is actually so many other things happening. You know, there's storage fees, there's like your PPC costs, there's like or a refund rate that amounts for, for a certain percentage of uh, your profit loss and all of these things. So Shopkeeper exactly does that. It does all of that automatically for you to show you your profitability. And it does more things. It helps you to sort of um, manage your business by exception. So it helps you to find the problems first. So you could see very quickly what is doing bad in your business and then go work on that first. So that's the whole focus of our software. And it's a little bit different than the normal accounting software would be. It's, it's meant to help you make important business decisions in your Amazon business, which can make you more money. So if something's burning up, you know you, you are being slapped with very high storage fees or Amazon fees increased or something like that, you will see it uh, right away on, on Shopkeeper. And we also have a very cute ka-ching sound on every sale that many sellers, especially new guys, are uh, really like it. Once you have a lot of sales, then you, I guess you can switch it off. But when you're a new seller, you are doing this thing of, you know, you're just refreshing the seller sense from right, refreshing right. it, refreshing <laughs> it, refreshing it. I think that's so, the common joke, actually. How many times right. do you hit refresh a day on your phone or whatever, scrolling, scrolling, and it's like we're all addicted to it. We all do it. <laughs> Exactly. So we, we solve the problem by you keep the shopkeeper open in another tab and you keep working on your business, right? And then once you get a new sale, that tab will make ka-ching and the tab name will change. Three new sales, you know, and then you go come in and then you see exactly which three new sales came in. So it's really nice to, to you track do, your... Do a little happy dance every time, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so, so does shopkeeper then, I, I assume then it breaks, like if you had 10 products, you could just look at each product and figure out the true profitability of each Definitely, product and yeah. be able to identify like, man, this, this, this product here isn't making me any money. Like I'm actually losing money when I'm selling this, what's going on. And it allows you to go back in and kind of pull the data and see, well, here's why, you know, we're paying this, we're paying that or what have you. And then you can go back in and maybe it's like, well, maybe we could adjust our pricing on this product and create more margin and kind of have a different pricing strategy that could affect sales or different things like that. It all kind of depends upon what the exact uh, problem is though. But exactly. And it does many other things, you know, but that's the most important thing. It helps you with the numbers, but it does many other things. Like we help with inventory forecasting, which is seasonal. We show which are the business buyers and many, many other things. But in general, it's, it's a big help. Your business analytics out there. <laughs> and then uh, we were talking and you have a, uh, a special opportunity and offer for the yeah. listeners to take advantage of. Would you mind rolling that out? Yeah, so I have a special, which you will now be bored and say, oh, okay, whatever. Well, you know how most software uh, apps, they would offer a special of three months free trial, maybe two months free trial. Our normal free trial is 14 days, but I will offer everyone who's listening six months free trial. So this is your only chance. <laughs> I, I told her not to do it. I told her six was too much, guys. I literally told her, it's too much. Don't do it. She says, no, I, I insist. <laughs> no, it, it makes sense for me and it makes sense for you, especially when you are a new seller and 
you you really don't have that extra dollar to spend on on the apps right and that is the most important time in your business career when you are trying to optimize and you have to know what is doing bad in order to make important changes in the beginning of product cycle so six months is just the perfect uh, you know number of months to have a good feeling and to optimize everything and then you make a decision whether you want to become a paid customer how do they get the six months then is there a coupon code or something like that yeah, so you go to shopkeeper.com and you'll see a little chat bubble, you know, like all the sites have this chat bubble on there. So just open the chat bubble and put nothing else but say Stingray 180. You know the fish? Stingray, <laughs> Stingray. 180, okay. Right. That's so interesting. So put that in and then our customer service will take care of your request, immediately upgrade you to the VIP account and you will have six months free trial. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you for doing that for the listeners out there. I know they'll greatly appreciate it. And guys, if you're driving, don't you know, try to remember this, whatever, as always, you know, don't think Stingray 180, you got to, you know, pull over and write that down or whatever. I will put all this in the show notes. Okay. So you're going to go to shopkeeper.com, enter in Stingray 180. But again, just hit the show notes up. I'm going to kind of recap everything that we talked about here. So a quick little outline just to kind of highlight the important points for you guys. So you can kind of take this back to your business and start rocking and rolling with it. But, uh, Paulina, that that's fantastic deal there. Six months, Stingray 180. I don't know. I don't know the whole idea behind Stingray, but uh, you, you must be a fan of them. <laughs> yes, I am a fan of them. That's right. <laughs> Sting, you got a Stingray tattoo, I assume, and <laughs> uh, no, no, not a tattoo, not but yet. I love them. They're cute, and not not yet. <laughs> so, um, besides Shopkeeper, if the listeners out there have any further questions or want to learn more about what we talked about here, where, where else can they find you online, Paulina? So if you go to shopkeeper.com slash blog forward slash blog, you will find a lot of my stories that I write about being an Amazon seller. So long, long 15,000 word articles, for example, how I shipped from China to US by sea to Amazon, you know, all these complicated things, documents and pallets and things. So I just write like a story and it's fun to read. And at the end of the art, each article, you can find uh, my contact information. So email to email me to LinkedIn me and so on. So you can contact me through that. Okay, excellent. So thank you again so much for joining us here on the Private Labeler Show podcast, Paulina. I greatly appreciate it. I know that the listeners out there probably took a bunch of uh, nuggets away, things that they could do with their pricing, uh, adjustments that they can make immediately and go in there and uh, start to make a difference in their business and driving more sales. So uh, that about does it. I think we're going to wrap this up. Um, yeah. So All right. thank you so much. And uh, we will talk to you in the future. Thank you. Thanks for hosting me. Okay. Wow. Super awesome information there. I am pumped and excited to go in there and start making some tweaks and making some adjustments and changes around pricing. And again, some of these little tweaks could lead to big impacts on your sales and your profits and just growing your overall business. So a lot of the stuff is just really easy to do. So thank you so much, Paulina. Great information. Now, what I wanted to do was just share a handful of uh, tweaks and just different things that um, stuck out with me and you guys can kind of compare notes and, and see what stuck out with you. So first and foremost, the price endings. So we're talking about like 99 cents. Uh, most custom or most sellers are pricing their products with that 99 cent ending. Paulina suggested playing around with that. Maybe you try some of those different odd numbers like 95 or 97. She recommended that you try to avoid 
like 92 or 94, some of the even ones. Me personally, I've had a lot of success with 95, but again, there's nothing really wrong with 97 as well. So again, it's all about split testing and seeing what's working for your products. And from my own point of view, almost everybody uses 99. You could really stand out from the competition by having that slightly different price ending there to catch people's eyes and attention to get more clicks. So try 95 or 97. Again, split test and, and, and see what works best for you, okay? And also as well, we talked a lot about luxury items. So she recommended using that zero, zero price strategy. So maybe you're pricing your product at $35 even. You know, if you're gonna have that luxury appeal and you have that, you, know, you have a better product than the competition, showcase it with that luxury pricing. So zero, zero psychologically equates to some sort of a, like a luxury perception, a luxury feel to it. Again, you just gotta back it up. You can't just price that if your product is, you know, kind of uh, focused towards the cheaper market. So it should be a luxury product. That goes without saying though. And then other thing I thought was fascinating, she talked about the free shipping stuff. So by pricing your products to take advantage of that, so on Amazon, uh, if you're a non-prime member, it's 25 bucks. That's the ceiling right now. Uh, if you price your products like just a little bit below that, that's not good. So if you were to price it at like $23.99, that's not good. So she recommended just bumping it up to at least $25, so maybe $25.99, and that way your product will qualify for free shipping for all those non-prime members. There's still a lot, okay? So still a lot of non-prime members, and that's a big factor. So if you can showcase your product as free shipping just because of the way it's priced, um, that can make a huge difference. And that's, again, for your, if your product's, are kind of hovering around that $25 mark. So, you know, instead of pricing at $22.99, try $25.99. Again, because uh, through the filters and free shipping, you should be able to close on extra sales to those non-prime members. So hopefully that makes sense. And then the last thing I wanted to mention, guys, get enrolled in that business pricing. Uh, it should be should be pretty easy to do. So go to the brand ser or business services or Amazon services or whatever it is um, and get enrolled in, in the business pricing. It shouldn't cost you anything to do it. And that way you can have access to uh, right on your seller central dashboard. You can adjust those quantity discounts. Um, you know, if customers buy, you know, two or more or whatever, you can adjust by percentage or just different things that you can do with your pricing. So that way it'll get shown to those business customers, okay? And you should be able to sell more just based off of getting rolled into this and getting your pricing set. And it should be pretty easy and quick to do. Uh, something that I've done a long time ago, and you'll be able to see on the dashboard like how much how much money you're making or what, what types of sales you're getting just from your business customers just by simply basically enrolling into this, okay? So it's really easy to do and you should start to see a pretty immediate impact. And my products really don't have anything to do with office supplies or business type of mindset products, um, but it still doesn't matter because these business customers are just looking to buy random stuff as well, okay? So take a look into that. Uh, so those are roughly my three different things there. I'd be kind of curious to hear what your takeaways were. Maybe join us in the Facebook group and share your thoughts. Uh, that would be super cool. And for all other uh, things that we mentioned here, we mentioned uh, that six-month trial of Paulina's Shopkeeper program to track your pricing and stuff like that. So if you want a, a pricing dashboard, uh, go check out shopkeeper.com. And in that uh, chat bubble there, just enter Stingray 180, okay? And you get a six-month uh, trial of that. That's super awesome. So if you guys don't have anything that's tracking your pricing or your profitability of your products yet, get enrolled into that. It's free for six months. That's super awesome of her. 
And uh, again, the show notes, guys. So for all other points and details and outlines, go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash 132. Okay. So hopefully you guys found this information valuable and useful. You just got to go out there and put it into action and start seeing those results. So we will talk to you in the next episode later. This episode of the Private Labeler Show has ended. Please show your support for the podcast by subscribing for more business strategies and tactics to help you build your empire. Also, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.